Love him and let him love you. Do you think anything else under heaven really matters? This powerful statement about love is taken from James Baldwin's iconic novel, Giovanni's Room. Baldwin's words resonated and continue to resonate with millions of people who feel like their emotions are invalid. Invalid simply because the gender of the person they love does not correspond to dominant heteronormative conceptions of love and desire. Sex and gender don't matter, Baldwin assures his readers, because love is love. Welcome to a new episode of Fulbright Forward, a diversity podcast. I'm Susanne Hamsha, the diversity coordinator for Fulbright in Europe and Eurasia. Love is love. It sounds so simple and in reality it is everything but. The social recognition of same-sex relationships and the legal recognition of same-sex marriages and civil unions is anything but a given. The protection of LGBTQI rights in general is a story of struggle and a story of courage. A recent survey by the European Union Agency for Fundamental Rights shows that in many European countries, LGBTQI-identified individuals are at a higher risk of experiencing discrimination, harassment, and violence than heterosexual people. It takes courage and determination to keep fighting for equal rights and recognition. I'm very pleased to have someone with me today who tirelessly advocates for LGBTQI rights and for human rights in general. Czeslav Walik is the chairman of Prague Pride and manager of Ismefer, a coalition of nonprofit organizations that fight for marriage equality. He is also a former deputy minister for human rights in the Czech Republic and an alum of the Czech Fulbright Commission. Czeslav, thank you so much for being here today. Why don't you tell us something about yourself and about your work to get us started? Well, thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege and pleasure to uh, be part of this podcast. And thank you for a lovely introduction. I think you summed it up perfectly. Uh, just give you a little bit of context. Uh, I am a Polish minority uh, living in the Czech Republic. There is a small group, 40, 50,000 people in the North uh, uh, East uh, Czech Republic uh, that is Polish minority. And maybe because of this background, I was always uh, sensitive uh, towards uh, minority-majority relations and how unjust or unjust are inequalities that minority have, minorities have to face in uh, life, in uh, society. Uh, and that was long uh, before uh, my coming out, which was uh, fairly painful because living in minorities, it has its pros, but also so cons. Uh, uh, and then that's why I think I focused on my human uh, on human rights uh, since the beginning of my studies and then career. And then fast forward, uh, when I was a deputy minister at the uh, governmental office, I felt somewhat a depth towards LGBT uh, community that I wasn't able to do enough from basically position of power when you think about it uh, to uh, to advance uh, position of LGBT people in the Czech Republic. And uh, once I um, knew that I will be uh, let, uh, let go uh, from the governmental office because of the uh, elections, I decided to help first uh, to Prague Pride organizers thinking that I'll come back to the uh, civil service. And here I am 10 years after I'm still 
still with pride. And then one more uh, milestone, I think, and we will be talking about it more uh, later, is the Fulbright Scholarship in San Francisco. That was, uh, uh, yeah, mind-blowing and also life-changing for me experience. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um... And also funny that you mentioned Baldwin's book, because just recently... One uh, Polish author, Tomasz Jędrowski, published a book about uh, a male couple during the communist time in Poland. Um, and he, uh, as a reference to the Baldwin's books, the, but the book is great. It's called Swimming in the Dark, and I recommend to everyone to actually read it. Well, thanks. That sounds interesting. I'll, I'll definitely get a copy. So we're here today to talk about LGBTQI rights and equality. And it's important to look at LGBTQI equality from different angles, I believe, because the picture is more complex than one might think at first glance. We have 16 countries in Europe that legally recognize same-sex marriage. Um, that's Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, Luxembourg, Malta, the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. And the public celebrations of each of those countries passing same-sex marriage has perhaps led to the assumption that we have made a lot of progress in, in terms of achieving equality. And if we're talking about equality in legal terms, then we certainly have taken big steps. But if we look at social acceptance, at equality in the workplace or among peers, for instance, then surveys and statistics tell us um, quite a different story. The 2020 survey by the European Union Agency for Fundamental Rights, which I already referenced in the intro, found that only 12% of respondents aged 18 to 24 are open about their sexuality. 61% of all respondents always or often avoid even simple displays of affection, um, holding hands, for instance, in public. One in three, so 33%, always or often avoid certain places for fear of being assaulted, threatened, or harassed. Now, of course, the acceptance of the LGBTQI community is higher in some countries than in others, but we still have plenty of work to do across Europe, I think. How would you assess LGBTQI equality in Europe and in the Czech Republic in particular? Do you also see a discrepancy between the legal progress we've made and the social acceptance of the LGBTQI community? Yeah, so this is a very complex question, and we can, you know, we can stay forever talking about it. But uh, to generalize it a little bit, I think Europe is split uh, when it comes to LGBT rights very evenly to West and East. And when I uh, look at the situation in the Czech Republic, I always say that we are somewhat 20 years behind uh, Western Europe when it comes to LGBT rights. But uh, we are still quite forward uh, or maybe on top of the list from the post-communist countries. Uh, so we are in the middle. Uh, you know, we were first country in post uh, among post-communist countries that adopted registered partnership law in 2006. We have anti-discrimination protection since uh, 2008 uh, of LGBT people in all grounds, work, uh, uh, employment, uh, employment, education, housing. Also, social acceptance is uh, quite high, uh, maybe higher than in some Western countries uh, as well. We have few cases of physical abuse, at least few reported cases of physical abuse. Uh, having said that, uh, it's not uh, so shiny happy as it seems. Since 2006, there was no single legal or policy act that actually uh, advanced position of LGBT people in the Czech Republic. There is 
over half, 51% of Czech LGBT uh, uh, people is hiding their uh, different gender or sexual identity uh, at the workplace. Majority of uh, LGBTI uh, students, 94%, heard or came across abusive comments at schools and 40% of those comments are coming from the teachers. And when you look at what is happening in my region, in Central Europe, especially Poland and Hungary, then, of course, the atmosphere is worsening. You know, in Poland, the president of the country says that uh, the LGBT people are not people, but it is ideology. In Hungary, uh, they are changing the constitution, uh, uh, saying that the marriage can be only between men and women, and they don't recognize, legally recognize transgender people. So it is really scary what is happening in, uh, uh, in my region. And sometimes I, I hope uh, that the Czech Republic could be the only bastion of hope for this region and for LGBT people in this region. Jeslet, can I ask you, just for clarification, where you would draw the line between Eastern and Western Europe? Um, because geographically speaking, of course, uh, Vienna, my hometown, is so much further east than Prague. But um, I guess most people would consider Austria to be part of, of Western Europe. More than geographically, I think it's historically. Post-communist countries and the, those countries that were democ uh, are democratic for uh, a longer period, it is connected also with freedoms that you had uh, that we didn't have for 40 years. Uh, and that's why, uh, that's why I'm saying that, you know, it takes us that we are 20 years behind because with the civic activism started uh, much later than you did. Let's talk about your activist work. So you're the chairman of Prague Pride and manager of Affair, which advocates for marriage equality. Can you talk about the significance of both Prague Pride and Ismafer for the LGBTQI community in your country? And what would it mean for the Czech Republic to be the first post-communist country to actually pass same-sex marriage? Yes, thank you for this question. So, um, Actually, Prague Pride today or this year uh, celebrates 10th anniversary. Uh, it's a strange year to celebrate, <laughs> to be honest. We, at the beginning of the year, expected that it will be a huge celebration. And it turned out that it's mainly online celebration. But this is a uh, time where we are living in. Nowadays, Prague Pride is the biggest LGBT organization in the Czech Republic. But 10 years ago, when we started, we were one of the last uh, European capitals that, uh, that didn't have a Pride festival. And that's what was our original aim, to create the organization that would organize the Pride festival in Prague. And for five years, that was it. We were a bunch of volunteers that were organizing the festival. And then... And then a 14-year-old boy uh, uh, committed suicide and le left a letter saying that he doesn't want to live in such a homophobic society as a Czech society. And we were all, all shocked because, you know, living in Prague is, uh, you have a feeling that life for LGBT person is okay. Uh, and older you get, you, you know, you have infrastructure, you have friends and so on. And, but we suddenly realized that this is not for all LGBT people, especially for young LGBT people uh, uh, in the Czech Republic. So we created a counseling service, online counseling service for LGBT people uh, that are in crisis. Uh, and today, uh, almost over 5,000 people uh, turn to us, mainly young people. 17% uh, of those cases 
cases are suicidal uh, uh, cases. And uh, and that's how we started to grow. And today we have, I think, 13 programs. Uh, uh, we, uh, we work with the businesses on LGBT workplace equality. Uh, we do support groups. Uh, we Next year we are opening the first community center in LGBT community center in Prague. And we are the motor behind the Smefer coalition. Uh, when it comes to marriage equality, uh, you know, since 2007, uh, we tried to, uh, or there was a movement to um, amend the law on registered partnership. Because law on, on registered partnership is... It was a huge achievement. It recognizes the same-sex couples. But when it comes to the rights, it's basically skeleton compared to the marriage equality. And we were trying to do it. It was unsuccessful. And then we came together and we said, okay, what do we, what do we really want is marriage equality. And we should be honest to society about it. Uh, and we started this uh, uh, this initiative. Uh, and we also knew that uh, we have to start a conversation with society. Why the marriage equality? And that nothing will change for the rest of the society. Just it will help part of the Czech society that should be equal. 67% of Czechs agree with uh, marriage equality. There was no referendum uh, about marriage equality, but we are going through the uh, legislative process. Uh, two years ago, the bill was uh, proposed in the parliament, uh, but unfortunately, half of the parliament is... Um, It's not really supporting the uh, uh, the, uh, the change, and they are blocking even the vote. So after two years being and waiting for the vote, we still are waiting. And uh, the next year are another elections, and we hope that after those elections, we might be more successful with the new parliament. Can you talk about why this process is taking so long? Is there a particular reason for this? Politicians are more conservative than society. Uh, they are afraid. They are afraid, especially from the conservative parties, that uh, uh, they will uh, get a payoff in the elections. Although we are showing them the uh, uh, the, the the public uh, opinion surveys, we are showing them their electorate surveys. It doesn't change them. They, are, they don't trust us. So this is one thing. Second, they think that they will not gain anything from it uh, politically. That they will vote for it, but there is very few votes that they will. They will gain so i think those two are and there is a pretty you know uh there is a pretty big conservative group in the parliament it, within different parties and uh there is there is one only one party in our parliament that is actually a big promoter of marriage equality but there are three parties or four parties that are big opponents of the marriage equality so uh I, that's why i'm saying that the maybe next elections will help us I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about your Fulbright experience in the U.S. Um, so you were in San Francisco on your Fulbright, as you already mentioned, and you worked on a project on LGBTQ workplace equality, which was titled Tackling the Glass Closet in the Czech Republic. What did you learn about LGBTQ equality in the U.S. that informed or maybe also inspired your work in the Czech Republic? How was LGBTQ equality discussed in the Bay Area in contrast to Prague? And yeah, what did you take back to Prague with you from your time in San Francisco? Yeah, you know, I, it's hard to explain uh, because um, it's just 
heaven to come to San Francisco and you feel like you are finally at home. You know, it's uh, sometimes I'm describing it that finally I felt that I belong Uh, in the city. So only the environment of the city, living there, we actually uh, were uh, lucky enough to find the apartment in Castro. So uh, so it, it just felt that we belong and that the city is actually LGBT uh, uh, city. And uh, so that's the first change. The second change is that, of course, Uh, in Bay Area and in San Francisco, the the uh, rights of LGBT people are, you know, somewhere totally else. So that was a huge inspiration for me in every step what I saw. The the local activism, the way how people are together, the way, uh, way how businesses are together, you know, helping each other and so on. Uh, so every, well, basically I was learning every day something new and I brought a lot uh, uh, back to Prague. I was... Yeah, I was more or less burned out after those five years of organizing the uh, the festival. And uh, the, the Fulbright came in right moment when I actually took a breath, took inspiration. And when I came back, I was full of energy. And then when I came back, we started the marriage equality campaign. And also uh, because my main purpose was uh, LGBT workplace equality. We worked with uh, companies already for some time, uh, but I also felt that, You know, we are stuck right now uh, at that moment. We don't know where to, how to move forward. And then I spent one year with a great organization, Out and Equal, that works uh, with this topic uh, globally. And I learned so much how to advise to the companies, how to work with them, how to uh, bring them new services services that the life of LGBT people within the companies, within this uh, uh, this safe space of employment, uh, of a workplace, uh, can actually improve. And uh, since I came back, we created the, uh, the, you know, the scheme of memberships. And we right now have uh, 30 uh, companies uh, that are our members. Just, I I think next week, the biggest Czech company is joining us as well, the Škoda Auto, which is German, but uh, we still consider Škoda to be Czech car. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I think that it really helped a lot uh, in uh, shaping uh, uh, my my future life, the agenda of the organization and uh, what we are doing. So I don't know about you, but to me, it feels very much like the LGBTQI rights movement is very much a transatlantic movement or transatlantic dialogue, if you will, between the LGBTQI communities in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, in the U.S., we have Stonewall as a historical moment, a turning point in the rights movement. We have Castro in San Francisco, which you already talked about as one of the truly iconic places um, Harvey Milk is an iconic figure as the first openly gay elected official in the history of California. And, um, you know, pride festivals in Europe are very much in the spirit of the New York Pride, which commemorates Stonewall. So the LGBTQI communities here are clearly taking inspiration, taking cues from the U.S. in that respect. And... I'm wondering if that is because we are lacking similarly historical moments or iconic places and iconic personalities in Europe, right? Or do we have a Castro? Do we have um, a Harvey Milk? Do we have a Stonewall? Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering what your take on this is. Um, 
how do you see the dialogue between LGBTQI communities um, on both sides of the Atlantic? I think it's a mutual inspiration. Uh, when you look at the uh, uh, facts in Europe, let's look at Czech, Czech Republic. Uh, we were one of the first countries that actually decriminalized homosexuality, whereas in the US, it took a Supreme Court decision in 2003. Uh, uh, Netherlands is the first country that enacted uh, marriage equality in 2001, and uh, it took another 15 years uh, for US to, to win this. Denmark, for example... Uh, took away the uh, transgender from the list of mental di disorders in 2006. Uh, it still uh, didn't happen in the US. EU just adopted the uh, LGBT uh, strategy. Uh, so I think there are milestones in Europe that uh, that Americans are kind of like learning from, uh, uh, from Europe. And then when it comes to civic activism, yes, I, I do admit that the, when it comes to civic activism, the US is much more active. Maybe because the oppression of LGBT people was much harder in the US in 50s uh, and 60s. The Stonewall riots happened because it was riots, you know, against the police, uh, uh, police violence. And uh, in Europe, it was much more settled in this sense uh, but and we, we learned in the civic, civic activists from from us activists definitely well thank you so much Chesla, for this conversation i have so many more questions but we are running out of time so i'd like to ask you one more question if i may once marriage equality has been passed in the czech republic what do you think is the next glass closet that needs to be broken if And once the, 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 the marriage equality is passed in the Czech Republic, that will be a huge hope for this region, I believe, uh, which this region needs, LGBT people in this region needs. But this is not the end. The, the acceptance of people must change. Um, acceptance of LGBT people must change. You mentioned the acceptance of uh, two men kissing on the streets in Europe is very low. In the Czech Republic, it's 1%. 1% of the population accepts two men kissing on the street. Unless we have at least 60%, we won't stop, you know. Thank you again, and I, I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. Too many LGBTQI people continue to live in the shadows, afraid of being the victims of discrimination or even violence. Even though some countries have advanced LGBTQI rights, many people are still left very vulnerable in the societies they live in. We also need to consider the marginalized individuals within this marginalized community. Trans and intersex people face an uphill battle that is particularly steep in terms of both legal recognition and social acceptance. A map of same-sex marriage rights across Europe reveals a stark division that almost replicates the Cold War Iron Curtain. Most Western European countries have legislation in place. No former communist state does. The same-sex marriage bill would be a historical moment for the Czech Republic, but also for Europe at large. If the bill gets passed, it would tear down Europe's rainbow curtain. This was another episode of Fulbright Forward, a diversity podcast. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.